Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey, so I've got 15 minutes with you here, and I would love to just do what I'm doing right now, but I also want to honor my time and your time at your table. So as I mentioned before, to kind of begin the evening, we are uh, experimenting with a different form of family gathering. And so tonight, what I'm going to do is teach for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes stops, and then at your tables, you'll see uh, cards at your table. And they're conversation starters. Uh, if you are like me and you enjoy experimenting with new things and change, raise your hand. Like you get a little excited, change is kind of fun, you like a little adventure in your life. How many of you guys absolutely, like when there's something that changes, like when you walked in tonight and you saw these black curtains and you did not know, you were like, what the heck, I'm leaving. All right. For those of you who were in MC, you've probably heard about the change. <clears throat> uh, those of you guys who weren't in MC, sorry, it was kind of a little curveball thrown your way. Uh, that wasn't meant to be a jab. Sorry. If I had a creme brulee, maybe I probably wouldn't have said it that way. Oh, that's right. You are. Welcome to the MC world now. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. Everyone give it up for Caroline and Sean getting involved in MCs. Woohoo! Man. All right. I got to stay focused. I apologize. I got 15 minutes of this. All right, so listen, since what's going to happen for about 15 minutes is we're going to talk through just some basic points. It's impossible for me to teach a room while you're eating, not fully listening in some capacity at times. Uh, it's impossible for you to really get any depth. Okay, that's my challenge. Your challenge is to attempt the best you can with the kids at your table and the food that's in front of you to listen to some of the main points I have for you tonight. Can we agree to meet in the middle and, and accomplish the challenge? So here we go. We're in, the, we're in the very beginning of a series called Overcome. And uh, if you were here last week, uh, Connie did an amazing job. In fact, I, will, I told her this and I'll tell you all this. It's probably one of the best top 10 sermons I've ever heard in my life. So if, you've, if you did not hear it and uh, you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go online Download it, listen to it. When it's over, listen to it again, uh, maybe a third time until it finally sinks in because it was that good. So I uh, definitely encourage you, well worth the 30 minutes of your life or the hour, hour and a half that I just asked you to embark into. And I say that because she laid the foundation beautifully for us to have a conversation around what does it mean for us to overcome. And so last week we thought, man, what a best, what's the best way to talk about being an overcomer than to first talk about this idea of being an overcomer as it pertains to your identity, right? And so you and I, we have a name, we've got jobs, we've got things that we do, but at the same time, often we don't know how to answer the question, who am I? And when it comes to things in our life that can get in the way, we've got, we got obstacles, we've got problems. We have all kinds of things that we allow to dictate who we are as people. This week, one of the things that we want to talk about as overcomers is our past. What does it mean to be an overcomer of your past? The things that has happened before today. 
And it's a hard topic to do in a new format, right? Because our past is one of those weird topics that if we're honest, no one in this room, even your spouses if you're married, probably know everything about what, everything you've ever done, right? Our past is somewhat sacred to only really you and God know. What you've done, where you've been, how you got here, that's part of your story that really only you know. And for many of us, our past is something that we don't like to talk about a whole lot. It's sacred. It's locked in that little closet with the skeletons that we don't bust out very often unless someone forces us to. And so tonight we're forcing you to have a conversation about your past for two reasons. One, at Awaken, I will tell you this with, without skipping a beat, we're not perfect, we don't get it always right, but we are not a church that's made up of just Christians. We're a church made up of people that are doubters, skeptics, not sure where they are. Many people in your missional communities are on that journey of figuring out who Jesus is and where does he relate. Many of you are believers. Some of you have been a believer for a few months, and some of you have been for many years. But one of the things that I can promise you that we are, that we are embarking on this journey together, and you engage in this activity all the time if you are in a missional community, is we're asking you to be willing to be vulnerable and honest. And here's what I'll promise you in return. If you're willing to be vulnerable and honest, I promise you on behalf of Awakened Church, this will be a safe place for you to do that. Because I look around this room and there's so many leaders, people who've been a part of our church for a long time, who live and breathe the DNA of Awakened Church, that I know without a doubt that this is not a judgmental church where you cannot have a, you, you, you will not find someone here who's going to be condemning to you. Now we speak the truth, right? We, we do it in love and grace. But at the same time, this is an invitation for us to have an honest dialogue about our past. So last week, uh, Connie read a verse that I want us to kind of sit in for these next few minutes tonight. And if you're following along, you can use a Bible app on your phone. It's also up here on the screen uh, to my left behind me. You'll see it up there. It's from 1 Peter. We're going to read a context of about five or six verses together. Okay, so 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to read a few verses together. Okay, so if you want to follow along, it's up here. It's from the New Living Translation. It says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Man, salty Mexican food is hard to talk right after you eat it. <laughs> Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in the eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you suffer for a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. So as we talk about our past, there's a couple things I want us to look at as it pertains to this passage, okay? And it's really simple. Again, my goal tonight is to is we talk about three different dimensions, right? You're not, as much as maybe uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you, we're all complicated at the end of the day, right? Some of you are in denial that you're not complicated, but we're all complicated, right? And the beauty of that complication is that you're multidimensional. You have a head, you think. You have a heart, you feel. 
You have hands, symbolically to say that we do things, right? Head, hand, heart. And so it's very hard for me in this conversation, and that's not the goal tonight, to attack all three different dimensions. What my goal tonight is, and I'll just be frank with you, is to talk about some things that you think in your head that you've thought about before, but I want to activate it in your heart tonight, because maybe there's some things that you've never been honest about, and there's also, as a result of you not wrestling with it in your heart, what you feel, excuse me, what you feel about it, you also haven't figured out what you're going to do about it. And so for many of us in the room, especially when it comes to your past, you're paralyzed because you haven't figured out how to activate your head, hand, heart, and be an overcomer pertaining to your past. So as you look at this passage, there's a couple of really simple things I want us to walk away from. And the first thing I want to give you as, as a reminder, and as someone who's been to counseling, who's in counseling currently, and, and I'm not afraid to say that, I want to encourage you tonight that, that part of understanding our past is important. There are people who would tell you that you just need to ignore the past, right? Plug your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 right? Ignore that it exists. And our past is not at all supposed to dictate our future. But what our past does is it reminds us where we've been but it doesn't have to predict where you go. Let me say that again. Your past reminds you where you've been, but it doesn't have to predict or determine where you will go. God and God alone is the one, as Connie reminds us, who speaks promises and words of truth into our lives. But for so many of us, whether we're willing to admit it or not, our past has one of the loudest voices into our identity. And as a result, it's very hard for us to overcome our past and be an overcomer. So as you look at this passage from Peter, he, a couple things, right? First and foremost, be humble. If you're not willing to be humble and be honest about the fact that you and I have a past, then we can't get through the very first part of this passage where God says that you'll be lifted up in honor. So the first thing is that we have to approach it with humility, Connie did a great job talking about how the enemy is all around us. He can't read your mind. He can't tell what you're thinking. But make no mistake, he is absolutely out to steal, kill, and destroy like a roaring lion. And so we believe that as Christians. We believe that we have a real enemy. And for honest, the American church does not spend enough time talking about real spiritual warfare within the context of the church. And no wonder why we have so many problems within our world today, because we're not aware that we're fighting a real battle. And for many of us tonight, the conversation around our past is where, where maybe God wants to speak to you. So the first couple of things here, God wants to humble us. If you keep reading, it says, give all your worries and cares to God. Man, how many of you just need to hear that tonight pertaining to your past? All your worries and all your cares. Because so many of us are worried about our past. Man, if they, if they find out about that thing that I used to do, they'll judge me forever. Man, the gospel that I choose to believe in, the God that I choose to follow, he comes to bring life and freedom. And in the process of that, you and I no longer have to live in fear. So we cast aside that kind of worry. And if you keep going, the last couple of things I want to highlight here in this passage for you, if you keep reading, it talks about this idea there's a family. Right? There's people all around who are walking through things like you and I. And this is important as it pertains to our past because we all have one. We all have a past. And one of the things that the enemy loves to do is to isolate us away from each other, right? 
And what happens is that when you're isolated, you're vulnerable and not in a good way. You're susceptible to what the enemy tells you is a lie. But as a reminder tonight, the word of truth that I want to help give you from this passage is that Jesus reminds us through the words of Peter that you are not alone. There are people who are suffering all over the world because as believers, we all have a target on our back. And so I wrote down a few things here because, again, I want to be true to our time here and get into a conversation. But I read this quote this week, and I'll modify it a little bit here. So if you want to take some notes down or put this on your phone, it says, stop cheating on the present with your past. It's time to move on. It's over. Stop cheating on the present today with your past. It's over. Move on. Again, there's absolute power in in understanding where we've come from. There's important value here in understanding what we have to overcome. But unfortunately, many of us are paralyzed by what we've done or where we've been. And it doesn't allow us to move forward and to move on. So tonight, maybe if that's you, maybe you're paralyzed. The word I want to give you tonight is freedom. May you feel freedom tonight knowing that you don't have to be a prisoner to what your past is. Because the enemy would love to distract you fully and keep you not present in the moment today by keeping your eyes fixated on what you've done in the past. I wrote down some qualities of what I think an overcomer is. And this is important because I think when we think about this idea of being an overcomer, right, it's this great, like, fun word to say. We're an overcomer, and it has this, like, power to it. But an overcomer is not perfect. An overcomer is someone who's humble. An overcomer is not a mighty warrior, but an overcomer speaks against the enemy. An overcomer is not someone who is overly confident but is willing to repent when they are wrong. An overcomer is not someone who stands strong. They activate their God-given strength in the midst of problems and adversity. An overcomer never thinks, I can do it. They say, we can do it, because they're aware of community standing around them. Being an overcomer means that you don't ignore your past, but you don't let it define you. An overcomer is someone who knows it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. And so as we talked about last week, our identity is in who God, our Heavenly Father, says, not in the things that the enemy tries to tell us. Your worth is not in what you do. As Connie so well stated last week, it's about who you are. Your worth. And the world doesn't get to to, to speak to that, right? Only God speaks to your worth. So many of you in this room, this is my final thought for tonight, we're going to move into some conversation, but so many of us, we've been trying to convince God that we're not worth it in his eyes. So many of us try and convince God, God, stop wasting your time on me, I'm not worth it. Stop loving me, stop forgiving me, stop showing up, like it's just you're wasting your time with me. And the reality is God looks at us, right, if As as a parent, maybe in the room, you can think about this idea, this image of just maybe lifting up your child's head. And that's what God does to us. He lifts your head up and he looks at you and he says, you are my child and I love you. 
Jesus says that you're worth it because he overcame the sins of the world through the cross. You're worth it. Jesus says it's not about what you have done. It's about what I'm going to do in you, around you, and through you. And it's when we have this understanding of our past, that's when we get to become an overcomer. And it's life-giving, and it will absolutely change us. So here's what I want to ask you tonight. I'm going to ask you to have an open dialogue at your table. So for the next 15 to 20 minutes, I want you to have a conversation. You've got starter questions there on a a table card that you're welcome to use. Rule followers, real quick, if you're a rule follower, these are not requirements. You don't have to get through all three of them, right? So like those of you who feel that way, you are free of that, right? Let that go. You free-spirited folks, you might want to stick to the card a little bit, okay? Let's not get too off, you know, off the crazy in there, all right? And if you have kids at your table, I'm going to ask that you engage the kids as well. There's even a kid question. I want you to talk through it from a kid, from a kid lens as well. But the hope tonight, if, if you could just give me one thing. I know this is new. It's kind of weird. And we're all kind of figuring it out together. But there are people tonight, myself included, who wrestle with our past all the time. And so if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing to open up a little bit, Take one step of bravery tonight. Maybe share something with people that you've never thought you'd share. The people around you will walk with you because there's power in community. There's power we share these things together. So ask some questions. Talk about the topics for tonight that we've discussed. Feel free to go back through the passage tonight. And then we'll regroup. And then I would ask you this final piece here. At the end of this, just so you know, Uh, myself, Connie, and Jeff will come up here, and we're going to field a few questions for about 10 minutes. So if you have a question about, hey, how do I, I I'm stuck on this part. I can't figure out how to get through this part. I have a hard time with this, whatever it is, then I would invite you to hold that question, and we'll try and field a few questions at the end tonight. But have an open dialogue. Be vulnerable. This isn't about figuring out what's the right answer. What does Philip want me to say? What does the church want me to say? I want you to say what you want to say. And here's what I'm going to say. The Holy Spirit will meet you there. Amen? And let me pray for us as we jump into conversation. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for this experiment, God, and just how you've invited us to have an open conversation about who you are and what you're doing in our lives. God, we do know that we are your children, that you love us, that you care about us, and that our past don't define us. God, for many of us, as we have been paralyzed by our past, God, I pray that tonight you would activate a level of freedom that maybe has never happened before. God, for many of us, we don't trust you with our past. And so tonight, God, I pray that you would unlock a level of trust so that we can take the knowledge that we have of who you are and what you love about us as, as your children We can apply that to our hearts so we can get back out there with our hands and feet and start living for you as overcomers. So God, we thank you for your word that you lift us up, that you make us an overcomer. And we thank you for, most importantly, what Jesus has done to be our overcomer through the cross and through the power of the story of you always loving us and bringing us back into a restorated relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, hopefully uh, you guys got a chance to get through most of the questions there, uh, or maybe you, in a healthy way, rabbit trailed around.
Um, we're going to spend the last couple of minutes, uh, and again, we know it's a little bit of a controlled chaos. We get that. It's part of the adventure of our family dinners um, through our family gatherings. But um, just curious, what questions do you have for us? We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers, but we also want to help as your leadership figure out how can we uh, overcome our past. So maybe what was some of the questions that you guys talked about at your tables was there one question in particular that you guys were like, this will stump Jeff that you wanted to ask? So Connie, Jeff, and I are up here to help you guys uh, to the best of our ability. So him, raise would be helpful. Any questions you guys have? Who wants to be brave? Ask the first question. You guys figured it all out? You don't need us? It's cool. We, we had somebody ask a question at our table that I can, that I, because I thought it was a good question, and okay. I thought, uh, Christopher, we were, we were benefited by having a, a counselor at our table, so that was really... You guys cheated? Yeah, I bet we didn't have to say anything. We just, he answered all the questions. That's not true. But uh, Amy had a really good question, because uh, uh, Christopher was sharing with us uh, about setting a plan, and one of the ways that we can move from our past... Why? Am I better to look at than listen to? Is that why? <laughs> no, don't laugh too hard. That hurts my feelings. Um, no, uh, F uh, Christopher was talking about the importance of setting a plan, and he said something really significant, and uh, let me make sure I don't butcher it. He said, you will become whatever you are becoming, right? Wherever you're headed, whatever practices you're putting into place, that's where you're going to end up. And so if you don't have a really good idea of where you want to be, uh, it's hard to kind of set a plan, whether that's moving away from things that are in your past, things that you're trying to get away from. Being able to have a clear destination in mind will help you plan your life around getting there. And so Amy asked about, you know, people with just really, like, not just maybe emotional things or spiritual things that are following them, but even, like, real... Um, whether it's legal issues or relational issues, family issues, but things that are in your past that you just can't really just erase and they go away. And, um, and yeah, just the importance of knowing where you want to be, um, knowing what God has called you to, and being willing to face those roadblocks and those obstacles head on, um, knowing that they're going to be there, but also knowing what you've been called to can give you the confidence to kind of meet those uh, head on. So. Yeah, we had good stuff at our table. I hope I represented that fairly, everybody. That's awesome. Any other, any other good topics of conversation you guys had? Go ahead, Scott. Um, we were talking about, or I was wondering why, the, essentially the world feels like your past defines you. Uh, and the example I was talking about was uh, the Virginia governor... Uh, you know, back in college, he, as a Halloween costume, you know, dressed up as something, you know, not so appropriate. And suddenly, you know, 30 years later, that's defined who he is and they want him to resign. Mm. So why are politicians or why does the world have this standard that, uh, you know, you know, a politician has to be more perfect than God in a way is because it, it, it just seems strange that the world is requiring that of people these days. You want to speak to that? You don't want to? Like, not it? I, you want to go? 
No, but other people had responses. I don't know. Are we? Can I? Do we just want other people to add on? Or sure. Okay. Yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah. I personally think, and it's funny because I'm from the shore, so you know, all politics aside, regardless, I think the world holds to a standard because Satan is the ruler of this world. And just what you said about Satan wants to divide the church. So he wants to pit people against each other and say, oh, you're being held to this. You'll never be able to be in missions or do this because you were an adulterer, you were a bigot, you were whatever you were. To, to build off of that in a broad way, how we kind of answered the question too at our table is I think sometimes the world thinks that the things happened in our past should be pushed aside. So we hide those things. We hide the bad things that we've done, and it's no longer a part of us. But that does, that's not how it works. It is a part of us. So what we don't realize is those things are supposed to be turned back to the Lord so he can remake them into mm -hmm. something good and beautiful. And that's, I mean, potters, I read this the other day. We talked about it in Reclaim. Potters use the broken pieces of pots. They use the dust from the pots to remake the pot because it makes it stronger. It makes it um, last longer. So that's, that's the piece I think that sometimes in general the world is missing, that those things are supposed to be remade a part in part of us, but you have to allow them to be. I also think it's probably one of the easiest ways for us as, uh, as people who are a part of the family of God to bring life into the world that we have to, today around us. Because the world is so quick to define people based on what they've done, and the church should be the loudest voice that helps bring freedom and gives life in situations that says you actually aren't defined by that. But the world doesn't hold to the standard that we do as believers. And so we, then this should be, the, it's amazing to me how... Uh, the American church can so often get this wrong where we put our beliefs on other people. Well, you have to hold to the same moral values that we hold to, the same moral compass that we hold to, when in reality, the thing that we should be bringing to the table isn't a level of morality, it's the very virtues of God. It's love, it's forgiveness, it's life-giving. And then once they experience those virtues, that's when God brings morality to a conversation. But we so often want them to fix the morality first so that they can have love and forgiveness and grace. And that's not at all what we see modeled in Scripture. But somehow we think it's easier if they clean up their past so that they can be a part of God's future plans and I don't see that at all in Scripture as a formula. I think it's the exact opposite. And so to the politicians, to everyone in the room, uh, I think the beauty that you have in bringing life and speaking truth is to allow those moments to be ones where you come in and, and you speak life in that situation. And all of a sudden, the darkness begins to go away because there's now light where God now exists, where he didn't before in a conversation. Um, kind of going off what uh, Connie was saying about how, like, you know, God uses our past to, to remake us. One of the things that we talked about a lot over here was just kind of bridging that gap between living in your past and being ashamed of your past versus, you know, the other extreme, which is just pretending it never happened. And it's the fact that you have to realize that God took those bad things that you're not really proud of and he, you know, made those um, 
He let, used those to lead you on a path for his glory. And it's like thinking about my past, there's a lot of things that I did that I, if I had to do again, I probably wouldn't have done the same way or, you know, I'm not super proud of. But I, then again, I look back on those things and I'm like, if I hadn't done those things, you know, my life could have turned out completely different. And so, like, God took the mistakes I made and kind of shaped them for his glory. So, you know, kind of realizing that dichotomy of, like, we're not proud of those things, but also they make us who we are because, you know, God in his omnipotence, like, made those work out for my good. Hmm. That's good. We talked about it a little bit at our table, actually. We talked about this idea that so many of us get stuck in this idea of, um, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done this or this hadn't happened to me. And so we get paralyzed in that moment of, well, I've got to figure it out first so that I can move forward. Um, and I can't do anything, and so I'm just stuck in this place because I can't figure out why this happened to me, or if I had done this differently, then I wouldn't be in my place today. And so we get stuck in that part of the conversation instead of saying, like the quote I read earlier, stop dwelling on the past, cheating on your present because you're so focused on your past. And so as a result of that, we, we just stop, and all we do is think about if I hadn't done this or if I had done this differently. And I think that's something that, God wants to bring freedom to. If that's, that's true in my life, it's true in your life, that God wants to bring freedom in that moment to say, but here's where you are and here's where I want to take you. And I think it's, and I, Chris, I'm going to look at you for a minute. You can back me up on this as the professional in the room. But we can spend a lot of time talking about our past, but the goal of counseling isn't to fix your past or isn't to forget about your past. It's to help you move forward into the future and live present in the moment where God wants to take you. And we can't get there unless we acknowledge it, but there is so much shame and imprisonment in that idea of why am I here and why am I stuck and fixated on it? I can't have to fix it where I've been. And I don't think that's where God wants, wants us to be, but that, the devil loves to keep us in that place. And so the cause of the conversation we had at our table a whole lot was around that, that idea. Any other, uh, yeah, Faith. So I think my, I guess, question or struggle is feeling like I kind of, I don't know the difference between getting stuck and honoring the past that, you know, I've suffered through or whatever. So sometimes I find myself going back to things and going back to things because I, I don't know that I know the difference between, okay, I'm stuck on this and I'm honoring this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a mic. Uh, I, got, have a, oh. I have a head. Yeah, so uh, one thing that we talked about our, at our table that I hope might help Faith a little bit, and we talk about it um, in Lynnhaven a good amount too, is this, we talked about the idea of forgiveness both self and forgiving others to start. And then... Where that line is for me and my past is, am I using the story that this has made? Am I using what this has made me to help others? And if the answer is no, I'm fixated and I'm stuck. And if the answer is yes, I have embraced what these things have made me and I'm moving forward into what God wants from that person. Yeah, just to, to follow up with that, I think uh, in Scripture, Jesus talks about, you know, knowing somebody by their fruit. 
And so I think we can look at those kind of situations, and when we get caught in those cycles, just ask ourselves, what is the fruit of that? And so if you keep returning to this thing that's in your past, and the fruit that you see is, is shame and, and being paralyzed and feeling uh, not um, good enough and not worthy, then that, is, that fruit um, kind of lets you know where your heart is on that thing versus being able to reflect on something and experience growth or being able to encourage somebody else or to reflect on what God has done in your life between then and now. Again, that there's fruit that's freedom and positive and joy. And so I think looking at what fruit it brings helps you kind of understand what the root is as well. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. I think um, what happens in, in our culture and our society is we believe the lie that a moment in time can somehow define our whole existence. And I think that's very false. I mean, look at the life of Saul, who became Paul and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, okay? He was a murderer. He slaughtered people, you know, all in the name of God, and then God used him dramatically, like God completely transformed his life, and he, rather than persecuting Christians, he became like one of the greatest apostles who wrote most of what we believe as Christians. And so... In today's society, we believe that a bad decision that someone makes in their life kind of defines them when that's not necessary, and, and that's, like, not, not even true. Like, think about the worst thing that you've ever done in your life. Jesus has forgiven you. Jesus has redeemed you. And I believe it's his expectation that, we, that when we encounter other people— who have done what we might consider horrible things, that we're supposed to meet them in that same posture that God meets us in, of love and acceptance and believing that they can be redeemed. That's good. I'm just going to close our time out, that's okay. Just what you want to say? You sure? You sure? All right. I just want to read the final, uh, one of the final two verses here from our passage uh, tonight. And I just want to maybe... Let, let this be kind of our final truth as we get ready. We're going to end in a time of worship. Um, we're going to have a couple songs here at the end. So uh, it says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All of us in the room tonight need to hear those words. That there's restoration, there's support, there's strength, and that God desires to put us on a firm foundation. All as overcomers of our past. Amen. So tonight we're going to finish with a time of worship. Again, this is somewhat new. Obviously we're trying some things out. So a couple of things a little different about our worship tonight. Uh, there is a band here off to the side, but all the words will be up here on the screen um, for you to so worship, I'm going to ask you all to stand, if you will, in just a second, not quite yet, uh, or you can go ahead and start, doesn't matter, sorry. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and all stand, let's go ahead and stand, we're halfway there as a group now. So, uh, normally in worship we have, um, we have this uh, belief that worship is not a spectator sport at Awaken, that it's something that we get to interact with. Um, and so as a part of our worship tonight, we still have our responsive station that we highlighted last week. 
that if uh, there's something, there's a lie that you've been believing that God wants to come bring life and speak truth into, uh, whether it's a phrase, a, a lie that you're believing or something you need to let go of, many of us last week and some of us need to revisit it again this week, there's a sheet up here at this table and Sharpies. Just come write the lie on it. At the end of the series, we're going to do a few things with that sheet. So as an act of worship tonight, there's a lie that you've been believing that you are symbolically letting go of. We want you to go write that on the sheet tonight. Um, and so let me just pray as we uh, end. And then also uh, for those of you who choose to call Awaken home and you give uh, through acts of stewardship or generosity, or if you decide to fill out a connect card tonight um, for the program that you were given, on your way out tonight, you'll see baskets there on that table. You can place your offering in there on your way out tonight as well. So let me pray for our time of worship. Father, we, we do ask in this time as we end our, our, act, our time of worship as a community, God, that you would bring freedom, that you would give life. Uh, God, we do speak against those who are paralyzed from the past. And so, God, in this moment, as we worship and we speak these words over us, like we just talked about in our worship series, God, I pray that we would preach truth over our hearts. That the words that we sing wouldn't just be lyrics from a song, but they would be spoken truth from the Spirit to our hearts. That we would leave here encouraged, supported. That God, you would continue to restore brokenness in who we are. And God, I'm just, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for not letting my past define me. And on behalf of Awakened Church, we say thank you for being a God who looks down and says, I love you. You are my child. I'm restoring all things new. In Jesus' name, amen.